Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning. One person glad to see me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we are gathered in the name of Jesus. Lord, this service is about you. Lord, everything that is done and said here should be with that in mind. Lord, we come to worship you. We come to honor and glorify you. Lord, we come that we may get in your presence and, and somehow, some way, Lord, your spirit may anoint us afresh and anew. We may learn. We may be guided. We may have more truth revealed to us in some way or another. Lord, that we leave here different than we came because we were in your presence. So Lord, we worship you today. We honor you. We glorify you. You're the center of this gathering, Lord. Please, stay the center of this gathering. Hallelujah. You are great. So great that I can't totally understand it. I just know that you are the one that spoke everything into existence. I know that your word is true. I know that so many things that you said centuries ago that seemingly were impossible for us to experience as a human race, Lord, are now very possible. And we see them happening before our eyes. Jesus, it seems unbelievable that one can die for the sins of the whole world. But that's exactly what you did. And we honor you. We worship you. And we don't want to take any of this or that, any of this, lightly. Lord, restore the awe Restore the reverence. Restore the fear in your church. Not just this church, in your church. Hallelujah. Be God in our lives. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm going to start off. There's a little bit of a ring here. If we could correct it, great. Um, honestly, over the... Uh, I, I was struggling. I had notes... Um, for this sermon a week ago or better and then I had more notes and it seemed like there were two different sermons and then in the middle of the week uh, Hebrews uh, scripture that will be in and Hebrews came and I'm thinking you know is something wrong with me I mean no 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 you know is and I always struggle through this and but I want to say to you I, so um, even as early as this morning I had notes yesterday I was studying yesterday but even as this morning I was unsure and and hopefully when I say these things it Hopefully it will make sense to you and, and, and bring confidence to you as it does me. You know, and so I'm running things by Michelle and of course their usual, go in there and pray. <laughs> and at the last I did go in there and pray and sure enough, God um, really straightened me out. And, but I want to share with you a little bit as we go through the, as I went through the process, I look back even to the beginning of the year of some of the, I went through all sermon notes and thinking, okay, oh, hey, Lord, 
what, what, what are, you, are you actually taking me through a process here? Are you taking us through a process? What are some of the things? So, I mean, I went all the way back. But I, I remember like a few weeks ago, even back maybe a couple of months ago, one of the questions that uh, the sermon was really asking us is, what have we been praying for? And so I think, okay, Lord, you know, just plainly, simply, what have we been praying for? And are our prayers effective? And, and that message hopefully helped you as it, as it did me. Another message, if you remember, ask the question, does he know you? And remember that scripture. I mean, there were those folks that came before him. Lord, haven't we done, haven't we, uh, done mighty works in your name? Haven't we cast out demons in your name? Haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we done all these mighty works in your name? And, and the Lord Jesus says to him, depart from me. I never even knew you. You who work iniquity. You, you who work lawlessness. Amen. So, so these folks uh, genuinely went through their life and through their ministry thinking they, they were partnered with Jesus, but they never were. Another message, do you trust him? Remember that one? Do you, do you really trust him? And, and in that, uh, there was the faith and love, and faith worketh through love. And so trusting or believing, it, those words are all in, interconnected with faith, and faith means adhere to, rely upon, you know, trust in. So these things are all interconnected, and then we find out true faith works by love. Amen? And Jesus, God, is love. So we see all of this interconnection. But, as you know, it's been on my heart and, and taught several times. And then last summer, we, we did a whole series on Holy Spirit and still preaching on the Holy Spirit. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Many of you in this room heard that message and hopefully uh, I want to give thanks to those so many listening online in Ohio and Pennsylvania in Germany, uh, the Philippines, and, we, and I really thank those folks for listening, and I hope you get involved with the local church. You need to be involved with the local church. Don't stop listening, but, but be involved with the local church. But did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so part of all of that, and that led into some questions, and, and one thing that was highlighted there was the authority of Jesus. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And then remember, Jesus said, I give you, right, power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the demons. So as believers, we have inherent, we have authority. But it doesn't always feel that way, does it? You know, we have all of these things that are happening in our lives. And, you know, I'd love to stand here and say that all of it is the devil. Oh, the devil. Oh, my car is broke. Oh, the devil. Oh, the devil's everything. No, the devil doesn't even mess with us most of the time. It's just the cares of this world. It's just part of being in this world, in this culture, and all of these things. All of the daily stresses that we have on our lives, whether we're young, old, or somewhere in between. Amen? Amen? It's all part of that. But we have authority over these things given to us, given to us by Jesus and, sh and, and actually demonstrated through him how it works, how it operates. But yet and still we struggle with that. And I think, uh, in, and in those, I think there were about two messages or whatever, but in that, uh, Martha and Mary were actually some examples of how serving God, how we think we can be serving God, but we actually can't serve God without worshiping God. And so we remember that, you know, Martha was so intent and her intentions were very good. She was wanting to really serve Jesus this meal and, and, and just be, do everything, want to make sure the house was clean and everything was just right for the master, honoring Jesus in that way. 
But we know that Mary just sat at his feet worshiping him and hanging on every word that he was saying. So look, my service to him, I could be busy and I could have great intentions, but if I'm not worshiping him, if that service is not born in true worship and fear of him, I'm missing it. And what did Jesus say? Martha, you're worried and burdened about many things. But the one thing is good that Mary's hanging on to, this thing that Mary is after, I'm not taking that from her. That's the good thing that we need to be totally, it needs to be front and center in all of our lives. Whether we've been a Christian for two days, three days, three years, 30 years, that should always be front and center of all of our lives, shouldn't it? So now, isn't this very basic and rudimentary, isn't it? It is, but remember now even in the last few weeks, we're talking about sowing and reaping and, and spiritual law and out of Galatians, right? If you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, right, of the Spirit you reap everlasting life. And everlasting life being those things that we have now. Jesus said, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And that's not something that we experience just when we go to heaven. I don't have to die to experience the abundant life. Jesus has provided this life here. Now, I'm not saying heaven is on earth. His kingdom is on earth, part of it. What, what do you mean? How do I know that? I'm smart. No, he said the kingdom is in you. It's not to be seen. And what does that mean, the kingdom is in you? You're living by a whole new set of rules. A whole different circumstance or situation now is guiding your life. Amen? Amen. So all of this, what I've just said, isn't it all true? Absolutely. But, but, but where, God, where am I going? God, you know, what, what is it that this seems so rudimentary and, and so elementary? And why... Because, my brothers and sisters, we need to be really good at this. These very basic things we need to be really, really good at. God requires fruit. And I'm telling you, whether you're born again or not, or whether you think you're born again or not, you're sowing seeds. You are sowing seeds. When you open your mouth by your actions, especially those of us who have young people that are living around us, watching us, the whole world is watching but now when you start professing with your mouth, then they're really watching. Amen? So we're sowing seeds, no matter who we are, no matter what we think. But God is requiring fruit. And those of us who um, are part of the family of God, He's looking to prune us so that more fruit can come. And remember what He's told us very, very succinctly. Without me, you can do nothing. Amen. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Amen? He's expecting fruit. Why? Because we're part of Him. Amen? Hallelujah. So what does this all mean? Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about some of the things that God is doing in you, on you, and through you. I mean, the, I, I want to just pass along, because I'm, I'm getting ready to talk about the uh, homeless ministry. And um, la last, it was, it was great. Last Saturday, not not the one yesterday, but last Saturday, it was great. We we had more people show up. Um, we had the volunteer, the the population of volunteers was awesome. You guys showed up. Uh, we prayed for more people. I think there's going to be more fruit. We even there, there were we um, because of some of your phone calls and that we understood a couple of more things about the needs. We've actually 
because of you guys. There's someone that has furniture now in a home that they were struggling with. We're looking into maybe helping somebody with electric bill, things like this. That's because of you. And Pastor Eddie is on his way this morning to the Dominican. He passed along. He wanted me to, to make sure that I uh, greeted you and, and tell you how much he loves you, appreciates you. And I sent him the same greeting. My brothers and my sisters, this is a great work. But Jesus has to be the center of it. And G listen, but it can't mean, it doesn't mean anything unless we worship him. Unless we're doing this not because we think it earns us or not because um, my mom said I have to or not because you know, I, I feel um, obligated to do this. Uh, I'm doing it grudgingly because at least... No. We're doing this because we love Him. We worship Him. Because He's shown us this example. Isn't that right? Big difference. Big difference. I want to be very, very careful and cautious about not only what I say from here, but how I say it. Because, my brothers and sisters, worship is about, listen, understanding who He is, what He's done. We worship Him for who He is. And we know Him because of this. Not because of this. Not because of my mouth. Not because of my personal relationship with Him. But because of His Word. Right? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. We know Him that way. Amen? The Word became flesh. So the Word that was a little bit hard to understand for the average person, for any person, became flesh so that you can have that in front of you. You can have it lived out. And He sent His Spirit. Why did He send His Spirit? So that you could understand what His Word said. You'd be empowered not only to understand it, but to do it. Amen? So it's, all, it's here. It's all about Him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Him. Amen? So, please, uh, I'm going to be reading now from the Bible. And now we've got time to start the message. I'm going to read from the Bible. I'm going to be in Mark chapter 4. And if you have a, a paper Bible that you praise the Lord, I'll give you a moment to turn there. If you have an electronic Bible, I praise the Lord. I'm glad you're looking at something. But please make sure that you have a paper one very, very soon because that is going to be rearranged. Amen? Amen? So we're going to be in Mark uh, 4, beginning in verse... Hmm, 13-ish. It's about the parable of the sower. This is where we were in one of our messages, and, and again, having to do with, you know, sowing what you reap, the law. I'm sorry, reaping what you sow, the law, uh, the spiritual law. So beginning in verse 13, He, Jesus, said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And when they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, and the desires for other things, and the desires for other things, 
entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he also said to them, see, my brothers and sisters, we've been in that portion of Scripture for a little while, for at least a couple of weeks, amen? But now let's go forward. Because I, I, I don't think that it's an accident that this next portion of the text is in line, and I believe that's where God is leading us as well. Also he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, take heed, look at this with me in verse 24. Thank you, Cason. Thank heed what you he take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. My brothers and sisters, take heed what you hear. Take heed. You know, if you do the word study, break it down. I mean, pay attention. Don't just hear, you know, casually. Just don't hear. Don't let it enter your ear. Don't just hear it as background noise. What you're hearing, pay attention to. That's what he's saying. I, I, I want to tell you, um, even when I'm studying, I mean, most of the time, I, 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 I was a crammer in college, in school, especially in college. I was a crammer. So what I would do, I mean, just before the test, I mean, I, I'd go to college and do all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But when it was time for the test, I mean, I crammed. And when I crammed, I could not be in a room and read or study with it totally quiet. I needed some background noise. Why? Because I don't know why it's just me. Maybe I'm special needs. I don't know. I, I just, I could not, listen, when the, when the room was quiet, my mind would wander. But when there was something going on in the background, I was able to focus on what I was reading. I, I don't know why. It, and it's still to a, to a great degree that happens. Like when I'm studying even the Word, I'm, I've got something going on in the background. But there are those times, I will tell you, there are times, even this morning, where I did shut it down and just, God, I need your help. And waited for Him to, to speak. Holy Spirit to speak to my heart. So my brothers, what I'm saying to you is, in the background, I'm, there's, there's noise. I'm hearing it. But I'm not listening to it. I'm not really taking it in. It's there, and my ears are, listen, my ears are making me aware of it, but I'm not really focused on it or concentrating on it. It's not really entering my mind or my heart. Is, are, is anyone following? Because I'm reading, like, well, again, I was in college, I'm reading and I'm studying the subject matter that I'm about to be tested in, and that's what I'm focused on. Still, very cognizant, very aware that there's something that's being spoken or sung or whatever in the background. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, this is what God is telling us in this, take heed, take heed what you hear. Pay attention to what's being said. Listen to what's being said. Are you with me? Okay. With the same measure, you use it because I'm expecting something to happen as a result of you hearing this. Did you, did you hear that? Amen. Now li listen, in Luke, in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, this is, you know, the synoptic gospels. Jesus says in, the, in Luke, would you put that up for me, Cason? There you go. Thank you. 
Therefore, take heed how you hear. Now look, if you go and you do your word study, I mean, they're closely related, but I, I, well, why would one say this and one say that? Because I believe that both are true. I, this is the way Tony is studying. You believe this, take it and leave it. I believe what we hear is important and how we hear it is important. So I believe that both are true simultaneously. And I'm not, I don't believe that I'm robbing from the scripture. Study it for yourself. I'm not saying, this is what, I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, this means something to me. Be careful about what you're listening to. Pay attention to what you're listening to, how you're listening to it. Come on. See, don't be like Tony studying. There's some noise in the background and you're kind of, yeah, you're aware that it's there. How am I listening? Am I listening intently? Am I taking this in? Come on. Am I just here in church today or do I just have this on, you know, doing my, check in the box. I, I went to church. Or are you really hearing? Are you taking heed to what you're hearing right now? Because I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you something. This is the word of God that's being taught. This is the word of God that's coming forth. These words are spirit and they are life. Not because I'm speaking them, but because he spoke them. Amen. MJ said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. My brothers and my sisters, this is so important. And I believe that when I say things like this, I don't want you to think that I'm taking license. I want you to consider this. How? You're hearing what you're hearing. Come on. It's important. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For, what, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And to whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. What, what could he mean by that? Man, there are so many people that are walking around today thinking that they're somewhere that they're not with the Lord. And, and, and it doesn't bring me... Uh, pleasure to say that and I'm not trying to you know rip on anybody certainly not in this room I'm not trying to rip on anybody certainly not I'm just saying what what the word is saying here but there are why because there are so many people what doesn't the scripture also say don't think too highly of yourself the scripture says that my brothers and my sisters there are so much there I, I say this there is so much pride on display in church and among ministers, celebrity pastors and preachers. There's so much pride being displayed. It just, it, it bugs me. I hear some things come out of Christians' mouths that I just can't believe. Telling me how accomplished they are, how spiritual they are, how spiritually advanced that they are. Uh, that might be the case. But my brothers and sisters, I, there's no way that I can, I'm going to stand here and, and say ever that um, I've reached this level with God. And my, uh, No. Why? Because no matter where I think that I am with God, there's so much more. Amen. There's so much more. And that's not just a platitude. I honestly believe that in my heart. Come on. And if I try to understand him thinking that my, I've got this high degree of intellect or uh, you know, I'm better than the average bear or you know, I spend more time doing... Man, that's pride. That's pride. And that very pride will keep me from getting what I think that I'm getting. In fact, I don't have what I think that I have. Did I explain that well enough? Come on. Hallelujah. So now let's go to Hebrews. First we're going to be in chapter 5. In Hebrews chapter 5. See, I, I want to go back. As you're turning there, just give ear to me. Please. <clears throat> Because part of my, my, my reasoning behind this whole thing is the church, again, I'm going to say this and I've said it so many times, this, this church, our church, God's church in this generation should look like the first century church. Why? We're going to need it. 
Because in our own powers and in our humanness, and if we are just have a, a, a form of godliness but deny the power thereof, many of us will fall because persecution is coming. Prosecution and persecution. Persecution is already here, but not in a big way, but it is happening around the world to our brothers and our sisters. There are Christians around the globe right now who are being killed just because they refuse to renounce Christ or to worship a pagan god. They are being literally killed. There, there are Christians, my brothers and sisters, in this world right now who cannot name the name of Christ without, having, without being threatened by their family starving, not being able to survive. Come on. And it's happening now here. And it will continue to happen. Now, I happen to know other ministers who believe that oh, we'll be raptured out of here before it gets real bad in the United States. I'm not too sure about that. I still really believe that the pretenders and the contenders are being separated in his church. And I believe that there is a remnant in this United States that are still his church. My brothers and my sisters, I'm telling you, so this authority and, and this, this power that we're supposed to be walking in, why aren't we walking in it? And that's really the meaning and, and, and everything, I think, why the Lord has us preaching and teaching in this way. Because it takes these things, the law, knowing the word and knowing what to sow, and sowing to the Spirit, and not to the flesh, to reap the fruit, my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing me today? But we, seemingly we have no authority. We pray and, and, and it, it, it's not happening, or you know, we're, the, things aren't happening the way, I review, the way I'm receiving His, his promises in the Word. I, I just don't see that being realized. Well, maybe it's because we're not adhering to, or it could be many reasons, but we're not abiding by his word. Or maybe, come on, or maybe this authority that we think we have is misplaced. Let me tell you what I, what I mean by that. And, and <clears throat> Most of you know here that I have, this is just, this is not my paying job. I have a job that I do, and everybody I think in this room knows that, and certainly hopefully some of you that are listening long enough by now know that. So I, in my career, I've had uh, big projects, and I've had to have people that work under me, and um, you know, they're, they're, they, I, I, they take care of different areas that I'm managing, right? And so many of you can relate to that because you work for somebody, and you have somebody that works for you. Okay, but my brothers and sisters, inevitably, um, things are tough. It's tough when you're working people and you have all of these, uh, when you have all of these personalities involved and you're having, you know, somebody over you who's challenged you to get certain tasks done and so on and so forth. Inevitably, I found myself when we were in Carolina and, and many times throughout my career, when I had these young people or older people, as it were, anyway, who, who are my assistants, who I've given them... Uh, authority or giving them um, these responsibilities. I tell them, you are responsible for this area. You are responsible for that area. You are responsible. And here are, the, here are the policies and procedures, and here are our goals, right? So I'm giving you, now I'm giving you this responsibility. And because you have this responsibility, it wouldn't be fair for, you, for, you to, for me to give you the responsibility without the authority. I'm giving you this responsibility, and now you have the authority. What? So now these people that are 
um, in your watch, these people that you're supposed to keep on task, you have authority over them. Now, if you want to bang them over the head with me, you're going to lose. You'll lose. Because they'll never, listen, they'll never trust you. They'll never know that you're serious about the task that you're trying to get them. Are you, are, did you follow that? If you're just going through the motions because you're collecting a paycheck, I tell them, you're not going to be effective. It has to be your heart. It has to be done this way because you want it done this way. Not because Tony said, but because that's the way it's supposed to be. And now, because I've given you this responsibility, you have the authority. Now, if the, the authority is something to be used, not misused. So if you are constantly browbeating people or not showing people, trying to coach them up, trying to get beside them and, and really show them, make sure that there's an understanding. My brothers and sisters, I'm describing something here. Aren't I? See, Jesus, all authority has been given to him. And now he's given that to us. He's come alongside us. He's shown us. And he was very successful with the authority that he had. And, he, and look, as he is in this world, so are we. So there's no reason for us to ex not to experience the benefits of, listen, being his children. And it's only, and I've seen this, where many people will try to use this quote-unquote authority in a way that doesn't speak to the gospel. I decree this and I declare that, says the preacher. Well, whoop-de-doo. Hallelujah for you. No, 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 no. What matters is, this is what the Lord says. This is what... And so we start decreeing these things and we start taking authority. I take authority over... See, even the Bible says something like that. What? It says even when there was, there, when there was a dispute among Moses' body, the angels didn't say, we rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. My authority is not because of me. My authority is because of Him. Amen. And if I forget that one minute and I get side outside of myself like we've seen many, many, many people in the pulpit or people pushing a book or people... Now, I'm not trying to... Please, please. I'm not trying to pick on people... But I'm trying to teach a church. I'm trying to be a shepherd of the flock here. My brothers and sisters, listen. We have authority, but it's to be used and not abused. And used according to His will, not according to mine. Amen. Come on. So I don't know how I got there, but nevertheless, that's where we were. So now we're going uh, back to taking heed what you hear and how you hear it. Amen? So now we're in Hebrews. I gave you sufficient time to turn to chapter 5. Chapter 5. Some of it will be on the board. Thank God, Case, it'll, we'll put it there when I get there. Beginning in verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, he, God, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Look at verse 7 with me who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, was heard because of his godly fear. Let's pause there. Now in this scripture, 
He's not talking about Melchizedek. He's talking about Jesus. Let me go back. In, his, in the days of his flesh, Jesus. This is speaking of Jesus. In the days of Jesus' flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, he's talking about in the garden. Remember when he was in the garden, he sweat drops of blood? Right? When he cried before the Lord, before God the Father, and he said, if it's possible for this cup to be removed, move it from me. If there's another way, Lord, if there's another way, Father, can we do it another way? Nevertheless, your will be done and not mine. Amen? This is what this is referring to. He cries with tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard. He was heard by who? God, the Father, was heard. Why? Because of his godly fear. Because he, listen, listen, because he reverenced the Father. He had deep reverential respect of the Father. And he did this on our behalf. Jesus was every bit God as he was. But now in a body, there's certain limitations. Certain. What do I mean? In the scripture, it tells us that he had passions like a human. That he had to, listen, that he had to take charge over. One of those, one of those times was when he went into the desert, remember? And the enemy attacked him like he attacks us. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's how the enemy attacks all of us. And Jesus had those propensities in his flesh just like you and I do. Remember it says that we have this in, in Hebrews. We have a priest that can, you know, he can kind of, you know, have, he can relate to us. He, he, we're relatable to him because he, had, he walked this earth in a body. Am I, am I off track here? Are you, are you still following me? Okay, good. So, so listen. So he, was, he had passions of the flesh like we do. But without sin. But when the enemy came to him, what did he do? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know the authority that I have? It is written. It is written. It is written. That's the authority that we have. God said it. God said it. God said it. Amen. That's the authority that we have. Hallelujah. Verse 8, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. He's the author of eternal salvation to who? All who obey him. Very important. Called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Could you put that back up there for me, please? Thank you, Kason. You have become dull of hearing. L listen, this is the apostle, probably Paul, who's speaking to the church. And he's already told them, and you know what? He, 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 he tells them things in this letter about them operating with a lack of faith, using the, Israel as, a, as, a, as an example. And then he talks about faith in chapter 11. He goes through, the, he goes through faith. And he explains and he shows the examples of the Old Testament saints who acted in faith. But he says to them, man, there are, you, you can't handle meat right now. So that's why I say, where are we? Have we become so dull of hearing that some of these things that we should be walking in, we're not walking in? 
some of these very blessings that God has given us as, by His Holy Spirit, including His Holy Spirit, we can't receive that, we can't walk in that, because what are we hearing? How are we hearing it? Come on. Have you ever... I, I've, I've experienced this several times through the ministry, and certainly as a father. So those of you who are fathers and mothers, or grandmothers, grandfathers, your guardians... And, and, and maybe some of us who are young enough understand this because have you ever told your children something over and over again and then all of a sudden someone else says it and they act like it's the first time they've ever heard it? Man, I'm getting a lot of shaking of the heads and amen. Right? Are you a young person? Did you ever experience that yourself? You ever tell a sibling something? Or did you ever have a sibling tell your mom or dad something but you've already said it to them and then the sibling says it, and then all of a sudden it's, they act like it's the first time they heard it. Come on. Has that happened to anybody in this room besides me? And I know it, it's, it's true. It, it's happened to all of us a time or two, no matter, regarding the It doesn't matter. My brothers and sisters, we need to, I, sometimes as a minister, I mean, I've had this happen for people in my church. People in my church, in, none of, nobody in this room, of course. Nobody in this room. Let me just get that out of the way. I have had people come to me and say, wow, did you hear so-and-so? He said this, or did you hear such-and-such? Such? Or in this book, so-and-so said this. And I'm thinking to myself, that can't be the first time you've heard that. I know I've preached that. Come on. Come on. Even in, even in, there's been even times where me and Michelle will be together, and just, I wish she was up here, but no, then again, I don't. So. <laughs> No, there have been times together where we'd be listening to something and I'll ask her, is that the first time you've heard that? No. <laughs> you know, give me, I'll get the, no, the attitude. No. But my brothers and sisters, and, and then she'll always follow it up with, and this is great, I, praise the Lord, that's why I'm married to her. Because <laughs> God has mercy on me. <laughs> because she'll say, it doesn't, why should you be surprised, basically? It's the same Holy Spirit. And she's right. Amen. And she's right. It just hurts my feelings sometimes when you don't listen to me. <laughs> but do you understand, my brothers and sisters, what, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us? Man, we have this power. We have an anointing. We have authority. And He is the one who is supplying, remember last week, He's the one who's supplying seed to the sower. By the Word and by the Spirit, we have seed that we're supposed to be planting. Remember? And, and look, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's fruit. Amen? Amen. Eleni is so great when we go home. She's always, and I'm always asking her about the message and all, and she's so honest with me, I think. <laughs> but my brothers and sisters, and, and that's one of the things that she brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the fruit. I need to, you know, I, I want to know more about the fruit. What is the fruit exactly? And it's how we live it out, right? And, it's, and God has called each of us to do things a little bit differently according to the atmosphere that we live in, according to, listen, according to the gifts that he's given us. Amen? Amen? We'll get into that. I, I wish you would come. We're still studying uh, 1 Corinthians. I wish you'd come on Wednesdays. Uh, I think it's good. I'm getting blessed from it. But regardless of that, my brothers and sisters, we're, we're coming up on that. Listen, God is... He could have done it any way he wanted to do it. But he took dust and he breathed his life into dust. And even the angels, as we've seen in our studies, even the angels are looking and marveling 
And God, my brothers and sisters, is revealed. His grace, His mercy, His power is revealed in that He took something just like me and is able to be glorified through me. How? Because I'm this big and mighty thing? No, just the opposite. I'm not this big and mighty thing, but yet He's able to do big and mighty things through me. Amen. And you. Amen. And not only is He able, He expects it. Well, who am I? I? I don't have any special skills. I'll guarantee you that you do. And listen, if because you lived your life godly, I'm guaranteeing you that there's somebody that's watching, there's somebody that's looking. And because you're not just saying it with your mouth, but you're sowing seeds with your actions by how you live, someone is going to turn their heart toward God. And if you go your whole life and there's one person that you get to meet in heaven that says, thank you, I saw you and I accepted Christ. Amen. Would it be worth it? Yes. Hallelujah. Those of us who are parents and grandparents, if you don't do anything but show a good example, especially in this generation, if you're not doing anything but showing a good example to your children and to your grandchildren, that's not worth it? You better be having fruit. You better, you're sowing seeds. God has given you seed. Are you sowing them? And the seed that you're sowing has to be according to what you're hearing. How you're hearing it. Amen? Okay, so we'll continue. Have you become dull? Have we become dull of hearing? Thank you so much, Casey. Have we become dull of hearing? My brothers and my sisters, I, I, I'm just going to go over some things with you. In Psalm 128, verses 1 through 4, here's what it says. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children, like olive plants, all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. My brothers and sisters, the reason why I, I really wanted to, you to see that psalm and read it with me is because do you understand the blessings of God that are promised in this verse? There's nothing more important as I see, and I, I see young MJ, MJ here, and I know we have young people in the in the um, children's church, and I know in this room there's represented uh, many people who still have young people attached to them, and many of us just have a heart for young people. My brothers and sisters, I want the young people to see a good example, and, when, and, and watch what it says there. Your children like olive plants around your table. That's, that's good. Again, speaking of something that now you have these plants that, are, that, that grow mighty and strong and they're able to produce something. The olive oil, there's something there. Come on. There, and the, remember the olive oil, it's all significant of the Holy Spirit. In the, in the Old Testament, we see you know, the olive oil, the, the vision that the, the, the apostle, or I'm sorry, that the, the prophet saw. Amen? And it was the uh, olive trees and the oil coming down that represented Holy Spirit. So you see these things. Man, how many of us right now would love, know some, a young person, whether they be a teenage person, whether middle school, whatever it is, how, much of us, how many of us in this room or listening or watching know that there are young people that God has put in our, 
in our atmosphere that we really need to be praying for because they're lost. They're lost. I mean, I can't tell you, and I've, I've said it because, you know, when I was raising my kids and thought I was doing the best that I could do, and even despite my mistakes and some of the things that have happened through my life, and even now, pray, Lord, you know, please bless them. Lord, I'm, I'm standing on your word. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. Your whole house will be saved. Uh, listen, the hearts of the kids will be turned to their fathers. The hearts of their fathers toward their kids. And my brothers and sisters, that's, that's part of all of what God has planned and promised us. So I want to stand on that. Why? I've heard it, you see. And I understand that, you see. And, I've, and I'm going to stand on that and I'm going to continue to pray that and claim that. Amen? It's according to His Word, not according to my feelings or not according to my circumstance or not just according to my feelings, what I choose to believe. He said that. But look at what the condition is. Everyone who fears reveres God. Do you see how this is so connected with what happened? What the scripture tells us about Jesus? God heard him vehemently cry to him. Why? Because of his reverence of God. My brothers and sisters, that's... I'm going to say some things that you've heard before. And so I'm going to apologize, but at the same time not. We are in trouble on this planet because we lost the fear of God. We are in trouble. This is the generation that will see the coming of the Lord. And my brothers and my sisters, look, I don't say that both with glee or... No, I say it with concern in this moment. I'm happy. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready to go. I don't know about you. I'm ready to go. And it's not just because things are hard, things are terrible. Man, I want to tell you something. There is joy in my life. I have my grandchildren, some of my grandchildren in this room with me right now. I have you in this room with me right now. I'm able to minister the Word of God. There is, there is no more joy than that. At the end of this service, when my two grandbabies, um, the latest and greatest, McKinley and Brindley see me, they're going to run, pop, pop, and they're going to run over to me. I'm going to be on a knee, and they're going to almost tackle me. Man, if you, if, if you, if you don't think that that's awesome, you need to become born again. Come on. And when I think about that, here's what I also think about. My heavenly father. My heavenly father. See, they run to me, pop, pop. Or they see their mom and dad, mom, dad. So is that how we feel about our God? Do we want to, when, when we get into his presence, I mean, are we, are we longing to get into his presence and then hug him? Dad. Come on. Are, are, are we? Are, are we wanting to be in his presence? And are we, when we get in his presence, is he, are we awestruck? Are we, are we, do we still revere him? Because I'm going to tell you, in the church that I'm seeing, the model that went out many years ago about how you build a church and how you fill the seats, it does not reverence God. God is not the center of the worship services. He's not. Now, I know that many of you have heard this before from this pulpit. In fact, I've been accused of saying every church that's a big church is not of God. That's not what I'm saying. I know a big church that's of God for sure, at least one. And I'm not saying there's only one. I'm just saying that me personally, I know of one that's a very big ministry and God is being worshipped and glorified, no question in my mind. But my brothers and sisters, but that's not the model. I've even heard recently that one of the churches 
is severing its, uh, one of these mega churches, celebrity pastor, is severing its ties with its denomination that, oh, by the way, helped it get started, is severing its ties with them. The implication is that it's possibly, uh, possibly, and I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but it's possibly because uh, this particular dom- denomination believes that uh, women shouldn't be head pastors and, you know, this church maybe doesn't agree with that or whatever the case may be. I don't really care. But whatever it is, it's because the tradition, they want to break from tradition. This week, I heard something that made me want to cry. It was a, a, a denominational church, an old-timey denominational church. And have any of you, have any of you uh, uh, know what the Apostles' Creed is? I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, and, right? And His only Son, or Jesus Christ. There's a new creed that this denomination started pronouncing, and there was a recording of it. And it basically was pagan. There's no question about it. It glorified LBGTQ. And I'm, I'm telling you, I heard this and it made me want to cry. I, I was tossed between so much anger and wanting to cry. Why? Because this now is a church that's saying, okay, we're accepting of everybody and Jesus is accepting of everybody and the rainbow is about being accepting of everybody. And not, No, the rainbow was a promise from God that he would never destroy the earth like he did that time. But believe you me, he, will, he is going to cleanse this planet. He will. His wrath is coming upon the face of the earth against all sin. And to me, my brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to say, I think is that one of the worst things that we're doing as a human race, as his church, is we're making church and worship about us and not about him. Now, we're not even a mega church, and I could say that about us. There are many people that have been in and out of this place over the years because of what was said, or the music isn't like they like, or whatever. You know, we don't have all the bells and whistles. Okay, fine, I I understand that. Okay, great. But brothers and sisters, we could even be better right now. I'm going to tell you, and, you know, when you have children in the church or in the worship service and they're fussing a little bit, I understand that. And I don't expect anybody to be so horrified that their, their baby or their little one may be making, and I'm, this isn't just for um, LJ and Cheyenne. There, are, there have been through the years other people, as I want you to know that, Cheyenne and LJ, that doesn't, babies are going to be babies. They're doing what they do. I have had grandchildren, the same. Believe it or not, even those two in the back. But my brothers and my sisters, listen, uh, listen. I'm not saying that. But here's what I am saying. When adults or, gro- uh, or older children are either on their phones, going in and out, coming late, why do you come late? You don't, you don't want to sing the songs that we're singing? Because listen, that's the other thing. Me and Michelle have had several conversations. There are certain songs that I like and certain songs that I don't like. I like more, and I see now you're going to, think that I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. I just like the songs that are more centered around worshiping him, him being the center of the song. Not necessarily what's going on in my life, but only if what's going on in my life is... See, like the Psalms, King David. King David, life stinks, life stinks, life stinks, but you're great, you're great, you're great. If you look, if you sum up some of his Psalms, okay, so now if it's that, okay. Or, or oh, you meet where I am and everything's hunky-dory. But no, I, you know, Christian... Songs, modern Christian songs, I think they're great. I, I love modern. We sing many of them. And I'll continue to do so. But the hymns are great too. Some of the old traditional stuff where it was straight from the Word of God, you know what? That stuff was great also. It depends. No, you're, you're entitled. Amen? 
but some of the Christian songs that we sing today, I'm not saying, oh, they're pagan worship, and if you, oh, you're, you're worshiping, yet. no. Is it great for entertainment? Absolutely. Would I rather listen to that than listen to some of this other garbage that our kids are listening to? Absolutely, no question about it. But my brothers and my sisters, again, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say, and hopefully Holy Spirit help me now, is listen. This has to be about Him. Amen. We worship and we sing to Him. Amen. We adore Him. This service, this message is Him. It's, yeah, I, listen, I, I really want you to be blessed by it, but I want you to be blessed by spirit, not by emotion, or not by entertainment, or not by delivery. Are you there? Do you understand? So again, we have to be, listen, be careful what we're hearing and how we're hearing it. If, you're worship, if your goal is to worship God, then I'm telling you, don't seek that church that has the best praise band on earth. One of the best churches that I know of sings some modern music, but they still have a big choir up there, and it actually is kind of somewhere in between the old stuff and the new stuff, and, they, and, and they're great, they're fantastic, and the Holy Spirit's in it. And they have a big congregation. But when that pastor gets to the pulpit, the Word of God is being preached. And they've had people come and go, but, but they have a big congregation. So it can be done. It could be done. Ah. In Romans 10, it says, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. When you, when you word study that, you know, I, actually, let me give you a little bit more tech context. Okay? He's saying, look at Israel. He's comparing Israel and, and the new church. He's actually speaking to all of the Judeo-Christian doctrine. Judaism and the evolution into Christianity and how Jesus was in all of it and God is planted from the beginning and how the Jews are still God's chosen people, right? But he says that they were contentious and rebellious all the time. And so he provoked them to jealousy and he said, like I said, according to the prophets, now remember, this is Romans, this is Paul writing in the New Testament about what happened, what God prophesied way back when. He said that I said that there were going to be a people who are not a people are going to be my people. I said that there was going to be an unknown nation that were going to become mine. He's explaining that in Romans 10, but he says, you know, how they, they have to hear. How are they going to hear if there's no one to preach? And how are they going to preach if no one's been called? Right? Come on. And so that's why he's talking about preaching and hearing the word. The word has to be so important to us that when we hear a focus, attention, let me pay attention to this, let me hear what God may be saying. Man, I want to tell you something I've told you so many times. Listen, there's some Christian TV that ain't worth a hill of beans. I'm telling you the truth. But I'll tell you what, every once in a while I'll still turn it and I'll eat the meat and spit out the bones. I'll take what God is, what the truth of God, because I want to tell you honestly, if a person, if a preacher is using Scripture, maybe he's misinterpreting or she or whatever, but as long as that Scripture is being used somewhere along the line in there, I'm going to find something. Now, I'm going to tell you honestly, that only works if you know what the Word says. Because if you don't know what the Word says and you're not studying and reading, their interpretation becomes your interpretation and the blind are leading the blind and they're both going to end up in the ditch. 
Be careful what you hear. Be careful how you hear it. Make sure you're still intent on listening. Why? Faith comes by hearing. And in that scripture, by the way, there's also, when you look at, at what those words, what they're um, derived from, the Greek words are derived from, part of the definition is understanding. So it's your responsibility, my responsibility, to make sure that what we're hearing, we gain understanding. Oh, you just lost me there, Tony. I mean, I didn't go to Bible school. Guess what? I went to the same school that you have access to. The same one that the apostles went to. Amen. The Word of God and Holy Spirit. But what's in your heart? Do you genuinely want to know what God is saying? Do you genuinely want to know what He's requiring from you? I'm all, I, I want to know what He's blessed me with because I want to know what I have in the thought. I, do, do you genuinely want that? Or are you just looking to get fire insurance? Uh, no, no, right? There are many that, that way. I mean, I'm just, I've had people come to this church. I've had people come to this church, stay in church for a few weeks, listen, profess, uh, uh, make a profession, get baptized, and never come back. Why? Because they got their fire insurance. They were baptized, they're good. Now, I pray to God that they're going to another church somewhere. I hope they are. But many people don't. Why? They think they're good. That's not what this word says. So look, let me go back. I'm going to go back to Hebrews, but this time in chapter 3. Hebrews 3. The last part of it will be on the board. Kason's doing such a good job. So we're going to begin in verse 6. Hebrews 3, 6. Is it hot in here or is the Holy Spirit all over me? Verse 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, we are, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Let me ask you something. How do we know what our hope is? Unless we've heard it and we've come to believe it in our heart. Is it just, I hope that when I stand before God in the end, I get to go to... No, that's not it at all. Hope is confident expectation. I know what's going to happen. And look, even in the middle, whoa, hallelujah. Oh, this is good, Terry. Hallelujah. So that even in the middle of a bad circumstance or situation, even when it doesn't look like my kids are going to be saved, even when it doesn't look like my brothers and sisters, I'm going to have money for that next bill. Uh-uh. God says this, I still have hope. Hope? No. Hope, confident expectation. I expect this. Why? Because the God that I worship the God that I adore, the God, listen, the God that I revere. Come on. Hallelujah. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear His voice, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of the trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they will always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. He's quoting right there, the apostle is quoting Psalm 95, because that's what God said. You know, you, so for some of you, you know, do you know what he's referring to? Remember when he delivered uh, Israel out of Egypt. And because, remember, I mean, my brothers and sisters, within how many hours? They're backed up against the Red Sea. They got the Red Sea here. They got the army of Egypt coming at them. <gasps> we should have stayed. Now we're going to die. Now, Moses, the man of God, 
The man who revered God, who God spoke face to face like a man. Why? Because he revered him. Because he honored him. He took his word seriously. Moses, stand and watch the salvation of your Lord. And at that same time, my brothers and sisters, the cloud forms God. God shows up in a cloud and he blocks the view of the Egyptians from the view of the Israelis and at that same time it's taking a while. See, it wasn't like Charlton Heston he just, it just all at once. No, it took, the wind stirred up and it took a while and then that Red Sea parted and then they went through it. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then they go down there for a little while, they're out without water, they start crying and moaning and complaining. Come on. So this is what God is saying. I delivered them. I, 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 they heard my word. I told them. And, and then also, do you remember this? And I've referred to this many times. So I'm again going to ask you, please forgive me. But on the other hand, don't forgive me. Listen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remember, they were supposed to all hear the Ten Commandments. They were all supposed to hear the word of the Lord. Thunders and lightnings and earthquakes. And it happened that way for a reason. God was showing, you need to pay attention to me. You need to hear what I'm saying. You need to have deep reverential, uh, uh, come on, fear of me. To know that, listen, I'm serious about what I'm saying. And what I promised you, I am more than able to deliver. I am the all-powerful, almighty God. Lightnings, earthquakes. You go talk to him, Moses, and tell him what. Tell us what he says. No, no, no. Listen, see as and see how we're chuckling about that. But my brothers and sisters, are we different? No. no. See, we say, well, if God appeared to me like that, then I really would have reverence for him. Really? Is that what it'll take? Because I seem to remember something else. What else? A, a man made himself actually a god, the god made himself a little lower than the angels, took a body and let them abuse him mercilessly, stretched out his hands and said, I love you. <laughs> I want you. It's not Uncle Sam. I want you. This is Jesus, the God of all creation, saying, I want you. I love you. You're important to me. You're mine. You're mine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So my brothers and sisters, look, look I, I, just, I, I don't know where I am, so let, let me just go to verse 12 before I just blow this. On verse 12, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evildoer of heart unbelieving, departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, it's not just the sin, but the deceitfulness. What's the deceitfulness? It seems good. Seems right. Both from the standpoint of pleasing our own flesh, but also, you know what? <clears throat> godliness is next to clean, oh, cleanliness is next to godliness. I almost misquoted. Stop. You're right. But see, that's the thing. That's the thing. There, there are many people that actually believe that that's from the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. So, so my brother says, it sounds good. So be careful of the deceitfulness of sin. The enemy of your soul would love for you. And just remember what he did. This is how he got Adam and Eve to fall. Gave them a little bit of a doubt about what God said. 
The Word of God said this, the devil tweaked it a little bit, and they believed that. How much is that happening right here, right now? My brothers and my sisters, are you, he are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you hearing today? Is God speaking something to you that you need to hear this morning? I pray that He is. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember the two that were on the road to Emmaus. Remember that? After Jesus rose from the dead and these two were on the road to Emmaus and then Jesus, not letting, not letting his, his identity be revealed to them, he starts talking to them and he's, they're, they're talking about all of the things that happened within the last few days and Jesus says, what is it you're talking about? I'm just going to give you a paraphrase, Tony's paraphrase, okay? So they, well, man, where have you been, man? You know, there was this Jesus. We thought that he was the one and so on and so forth. And then they're given their... And he says, oh, you foolish of heart. Doesn't the scripture say that the one is going to suffer? Doesn't the scripture say? And so remember, they asked him to stay with them. And he sits down and he has a meal with them. And before the meal, he gives thanks and breaks bread. Communion. And he reveals himself. So Jesus, before he did that, and then, he, and then he talks to them about the Old Testament scriptures and tells them about how that's speaking to him. And remember what they said. I love this passage. Didn't our hearts burn within us when he opened the scriptures to us? They heard something. Jesus spoke a word to them. He's speaking the truth. He's revealing truth to them. They're he hearing it with their ears. And something happened on the inside in their hearts. Come on. Come on. My brothers and sisters, is it, have we come to the point where our hearing has become dull and our hearts can't be pricked anymore? Have we been so distracted? Are we worked so hard? Have the cares of this world changed our hearts into bad ground? Come on. Are we letting that word that we're hearing, whether from this pulpit, another pulpit, that you're reading, Holy Spirit's ministering to you, are you letting it take root? Come on. A little bit more. Can you give me five more minutes? A little bit more. Because there's some things in here. There's some blessings that, that we're living below. In Luke 11, Jesus was preaching and he was ministering. And in verse 27, it said, It happened as he spoke these things, a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But Jesus said, More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. See, the blessing comes, my brothers and sisters, when we hear the word of God. And it mixes down in our heart with faith. And we do it. We do what he said. Psalm 119.2 Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. And look at Psalm 112 with me. Praise the Lord. Did I give you that one? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments or delights greatly in his blessing. It doesn't say that. He delights greatly in his commandments. 
Did you see that though? Blessed is the man or woman. Blessed is the person who fears the Lord, who reverences the Lord. Amen. Come on. Come on. And lastly, Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you should be happy and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be a fruitful vine. I want you to remember this. Can you remember this? That's the one that we had before. Because it covers a family, man. It covers a family. It covers many in this room, many who are listening. Be a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around the table. Behold, thus the man will be blessed who fears the Lord. My brothers and sisters, I believe the greatest sin that we're experiencing in the church right now is lack of reverence of the Lord. Lack of reverence of the Lord. Lack of the fear of the Lord. I didn't hear, expect to get a whole lot of hallelujahs or a lot of backflips out there. But, but I know, is this, is, this, is, this too, is this too strenuous? I mean, is this too anticlimactic? Can, can we think about that for a minute? You look at what Jesus is saying, how he lived, my brothers and sisters, the message as it relates to if you really, those who are really blessed by the Lord fit in this category. They hear what he said, they do what he says, and they have this reverential, this, this reverential fear of him where he, when he says it, you know what he said, you know he meant it, yes. and it means everything to you. My brothers and sisters, see the authority that I spoke of earlier? Jesus did not abuse authority. He used it. And my brothers and sisters, he transferred that authority to us, not to abuse, but to use. We only know or realize the authority that we have if we fear the Lord if we understand what he's saying and we do it. Watch. If Jesus took the body and decided that he was going to do things separate from the Father, he would not have qualified as the only true Savior. My brothers and sisters, he was crowned with authority, the absolute authority, when he completed the mission. You have that authority that he's given you in him. And you can only be in him if you're hearing his word. If you're heeding, heeding, take heed to what you hear. Take heed how you're hearing it. Come on, come on. My brothers and my sisters, I, I love you guys. Uh, I love. I, 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 I can't imagine doing anything else in my life without preaching the word, without being his servant. I, I'll admit to you readily that <clears throat> I consider so many things that we could do different to fill seats and to do some things. But God help me. God help me not to appeal to humans. God help me to keep Him the center of everything that we do here. Amen? And, and I, I, I bless you. I, I, I thank you for saying yes and amen. I thank you. 
I, I really do. And I thank you that so many of you have been here so many years and, and just blessing. Let's keep it going because I'm going to tell you that if we are serious about that and that's our heart and that's our mind and when we come here that it's about Him and we don't care about what the songs are but we pay attention to Him while we're singing the songs. God will do something. He will do something. And not because I say so. And not because we've earned it. No. Because He is being worshipped. And He's being worshipped not because we're trying to escape hell. He's being worshipped because He is God. He is God. He's worthy of our worship. Stand with me. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be adored. His word is true. His word is eternal. His word will never change. Come on. His word. His word. When he comes at the end, all of those kingdoms, all of those nations that are lined up against his people, his people, all of them, and, and, and the United States will be one of them, will be among them. He's going to defeat them with the sword of his mouth. Do you know what that means? He's going to speak his word. He's going to speak his word. God said, let there be light. God said, he spoke it. I am not going to discount or disregard anything that this says. Amen? I'm not going to be dull of hearing. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming alongside of us and giving us an understanding. And Lord, I just misstated that. Thank you for coming in us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being in us and interpreting the word that we may know and we may do. So Lord, in the days, hours, whatever it is, whatever we have, Lord, I pray that we would continue to meditate on your word. Lord, that this word would become so real to us. And Lord, we can experience your presence in our everyday life. Lord, that no matter what we're up against, no matter how bad it looks, no matter what happens, Lord, that we stand on your word and know that we know that we know. Lord, if I'm praying for a healing and healing hasn't come, Lord, I pray that you would give me the same word that you gave our brother Paul. My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. Lord, if my infirmity if these things that I'm up against, if, or if these negative circumstances in our lives have anything to do with our walk and not walking properly, Lord, please reveal that to us. Lord, tell us specifically those things that are unpleasing to you. Lord, we seek to please you. We want to hear from you. So anything that's causing any of that to be a problem, Lord, please reveal it to us. And then help us, Holy Spirit, to chunk those things so far from us, Lord, never to show up again. Lord, we want to, Lord, you tell us 
that if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Lord, there is no question that we need cleansing. So Lord, help us. Help us. Help us, Lord, to be purged. Purge us, Lord. And that can only happen through your word. So thank you, Lord, for your word. And now let it be real to us and give us a better unction and an urgency to hear it, to keep it, and to do it. I pray, I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. So listen, please, if there's any question that you have regarding this message or if you just want to pray something specific, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Please, don't leave. Don't leave. If Holy Spirit is dealing with you now, this is a great opportunity for us. Not you, not we, me, us. This is a great opportunity for us to be obedient to the Lord, to hear His Word, to do it, and receive the blessing that comes with deep reverence of His Word. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. So now let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in Thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great week. See you Wednesday.